And welcome back in another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fultz. Thank you for making us part of your day. Big golf weekend, big sports weekend all across the country. I hope your team's won. I hope uh, your team is represented in the Super Bowl right down the road from here in Tampa Bay. Kansas City Chiefs, they're back, taking on Tom Brady, his 10th appearance in the Super Bowl. That is hard to uh, wrap your mind around. And uh, I thought I'd ask my good friend to come in and break it all down for us, Gary Williams. Gary, you know, it's late on Sunday, okay? And some things never change. Tom Brady (laughs) gets it done and wins another big game. And Tony Finau crumbles like a folding table at a pre-funk at a Bill's Mafia party. My goodness, would you make a Sunday? Uh, well, I mean, you summed it up expertly. I, I thought it was, uh, it's why we love sports. I mean, sports is, for all the, the proliferation of reality television, you can cast all that stuff aside. And, you know, my wife watches The Bachelor. Reality television is sports yeah. at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And whether it is, you know, amateurs or whether it is the best in the world at the professional level, uh, it's human drama of athletic competition. And that is what Sunday was. I didn't have a team per se. I'm a giant fan, as you okay. know. Right. Um, but but I, I, you know, the, the Brady thing is beyond extraordinary. It's absurd that this guy at 43... There is no, you look at them, the optics, and you're somebody who's got a a trained eye to look at people, uh, try to, you know, hit a golf ball as best they can. His mechanics are just like they were 15, 20 years ago. Um, For him to switch leagues, go to Lambeau, and be (laughs) the guy leading a team to play their first Super Bowl in their home stadium is beyond ludicrous. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. And I saw now that uh, Tom Brady has as many um, NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, but not Russell Wilson. He's got two, ladies and gentlemen. And um, yeah, it is. It's crazy to watch. And you just got the feeling that, you know, much like Finau, which we'll get to, like, you just kind of kept waiting. It's going to happen. And then, you know, with Brady, it's going to happen. Sure enough, there he is in the winner's circle. Another guy that, uh, that one was Siwoo Kim, his third now uh, on the PGA Tour. I got to tell you, I was really impressed with the composure that this guy showed. I mean, here's Patrick Cantlay throwing the book at him, right? And I know you've been out there, La Quinta. You come down that stretch, and the wind wasn't up, but 16, he birdies. That's a good, you got to birdie that hole. Yep. 17, you know, it's an Allen Green, 155 yards, little wind. Um, hits a shot in there, makes a huge putt, and 18 is a Pete Dye special. I mean, it is intimidating as all get out. He just smokes it down the middle, hits it 15 feet past, two putt. Thank you very much for my third win. Pretty impressive stuff from Siwoo. Yeah, it was. You know, 18, you know, there's a handful of holes on the PGA Tour that end uh, with, with a similar look. Houston, the old Houston, not yeah. where they're at now, municipal uh, park there. But the old Houston, obviously, TPC Sawgrass, where Siwoo Kim has won uh, <laughs> with that water off the right. And what's interesting about this tournament is that, you know, you, the obligation to make birdies, that there's stress that comes with knowing that if you make a rash of pars, you're losing a half to three quarters of a shot. 
And, and there's Cantley who goes out there, boat races everybody. Michael Thompson is another guy who was blitzing the golf course early on. If you're in one of those last groups, you may be leading to start the day, but you may be three back by the time you tee off. I, I thought what he did for somebody who is now only one for the third time, but I say that only to, to qualify my point that he hasn't really contended a ton late. Mm-hmm. He only had one top 10 all of last season, but I will say this. Take any anybody from wherever they are in the world and, and put them on the other side of the world, having to learn a language at, at the at a teenage year, and tell me how quickly you're going to acclimate yourself. He's 25 <laughs> years of age. He's already won three times. Um, and I'll lean on you with respect to the golf swing. Uh, to me, it looks awfully good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the top 10. It was third at the Wyndham. He was 13th at the PGA the week before that. Um, you know, and then he's he's really played some pretty decent golf here since the, the wraparound season started uh, again. Yeah, let's talk about his golf swing. You know, it feels like Siwoo's been around for 15 years, doesn't it? I mean, it just feels yeah. like he's been, he's 25 years old. I think he he made it through Q School, to your point, at the same venue when he was 17. Right. <laughs> 17 years old. That's amazing. It reminds me, you know, you mentioned about him being around a long time. You know, Kevin Na, I played with Kevin Na when he was a teenager. Okay. Uh, From He was from Rancho Cucamonga, California. I played with him at the Monday Pro-Am at the Wells Fargo, the second year of that event in Charlotte. And he was just a bashful teenager. Sean O'Hare, same thing. Young guy, when he was out there for 10 years, you felt like you'd been out there for 20 years. It's elusive to win if you're the best player uh, week in and week out. But somebody like him, um, to have three wins at 25, and you start looking at that short list right now, there are not many. No. And he's now on that list. Yeah, you know, you brought up the players, and I want to talk about his game. He was, it was 2017, uh, he won the players, which of course is a Pete Dye design. And he was working with Sean Foley at the time, I can recall. And now here at the American Express, um, and he has been for the last 18 months, he's been working with Claude Harmon III, of course, uh, the son of, of Butch Harmon. And there's some notable improvement here. And I want to I read off some of these statistics that are happening right now. Short sample size, we're looking at, you know, a handful of tournaments, maybe six in the wraparound. But strokes in off the tee is 29th. That's a huge improvement for Siwoo. If, if there was a weakness in his game, I think he would lose strokes off the tee. Not a, a spectacular driver of the golf ball when it comes to PGA Tour standards, right? Yeah. Uh, the approach game, he's 99th, which is okay. Around the green, 11. That's always been his, his you know strength. I mean, he's magic around the greens. But his putter is 8th. I think he's becoming a better putter uh, as well. I, I see notable improvement off the tee. I see notable improvement with the putter. And I want to ask you this. You know, we both know Claude very well. Of course, um, he, he did a lot of stuff at the Golf Channel. You were there for many, many years. I was there for some. And Claude, I mean, let's face it. He, he, he was in the shadow of his dad, Butch Harmon, who is probably the greatest teacher of professionals of all time. And Claude comes out. He's helping his dad. His first guy that I think Claude really did a great job with was Brooks Kepka. you know, from his time on the European tour over to the PGA tour. And we know what Brooks has done in major championships. I think this is now another guy that Claude can put his stamp on. Um, 
you know, in, in Siwoo Kim. I think he's done a really good job. I think when Butch guises win, we note Butch and we appreciate Butch. I think when Sean Foley's guys win, we note Sean, we appreciate Sean. I don't feel like we quite do the same with Claude for various reasons. How do you see it? No, I, I think you make a very good point. Uh, I think because of, you know, the, the presence of, of Butch's aura, mm-hmm. if, if any player had an association with him, even though he doesn't get on the road anymore and he rarely has his eyes on these players, uh, it, it, you kind of default the credit to him. Uh, if one of the players who worked with him at any point does win, and with Claude, Claude's there day in and day out. And in this, you know, you mentioned teaching. I've always considered, you know, and it, it may be semantical, but I think that the Butch is the greatest coach that, that the professional game yeah. has ever known because he's a mind manipulator. And there are players that he has worked with that is need that, whether it's going to the whip or giving him a sugar cube. And, and Claude has had to inherit that to a degree with Dustin Johnson with Brooks Kepkin now with the 25 year old guy and you alluded to some of the Siwoo stats and, and where he's improved. I mean, he was 136 in green tip regulation last season. He was 127th in strokes gain T to green. And you mentioned his putter. He was outside the top 120 yeah. in, in his putting. So I, I think Claude is finding his own footing. And I think that as we go forward in this year, um, that his players, if they do win, he should, and I think he will get more credit. Yeah, it's it's you can see it. 18 months, there's been steady improvement. Um, you know, I think throughout the game, the approach game maybe is it is what it is. But I, the, the driver and the putter, I mean, those are two good bookends. Um, get it out there with some length and accuracy, and make some putts. You can do some damage uh, on the PGA Tour, and you can clearly see with Siwoo down the stretch, young man's not scared. I mean, he is. In control. He took driver off the deck for crying out loud on Sunday of the back nine. I was like, "What in the world?" Yeah, that takes that takes some uh, that takes some courage, you know. It, it does. We actually saw we saw Phil early in the week hit driver off the deck. He had a very good shot. He didn't yeah. wind up making birdie on that hole. Danielle Kang tried driver off the deck early in her final round. Um, and I'll tell you another thing about Siwoo. They dropped anchor on him late in that round. He had to wait an awful long time mm-hmm. uh, when he's, you know, he's in a good rhythm. Um, and that is another sign of somebody. He dealt with something that he's not accustomed to dealing with. It probably caused some discomfort and he managed it, which will serve him well going forward. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch him now uh, moving forward. Three wins, age of 25. Been doing it a long time. Uh, turn pro at 17 for crying out loud. So we'll uh, we'll see if he can keep his success going. Speaking of late Sunday, I got to go the other way now. Um, you know, it's you're, you're looking, Gary, at the biggest Tony Finau fan in the world, too. And I love Tony Finau. I love Boyd Summerhays. I, I think they're great. But the reality set in. Tony is going the wrong way on late Sunday. I mean, it's one thing to continue to put yourself in that situation. You learn, you know, just a year ago, I have no idea how he didn't win the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah. Um, yes, I know Webb made some birdies coming in, but, but Tony parred the last five holes. I mean, you've got to get a birdie or two coming in. Um, here he is one shot off the lead comes into 11, the par five, good drive. I mean, basically drop kicks it left into the water. I mean, you just don't see a tour player hit that shot. Yep. And then he misses a two foot putt. 
on top of it, makes bogey. Fast forward to 14, he's 70 yards out in his approach and misses the green. Uh, you know, this is, this is not technique. This is nerves. This is him hitting this head on and, and doing the right thing to try to overcome this. And what I saw, and he's been there a ton of times, as you know, I mean, what I saw on Sunday was he's, he looks like he's going the other way. In fact, when it started to happen, he almost looked like in his face, like, no, here we go again. It's going to happen again. How, how do you see it with Finau on late Sunday? Uh, I think that uh, you, you mentioned the look on his face. Yeah, it's a dangerous game to read body language. I understand that. But his body language, to, to me, is, is saying that, oh, here we go again, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody shooting nothing on him. Or, or here we go again, as you alluded to, the shot he hit <clears throat> with that, with that, you know, that two iron or driving iron, whatever it was. It was, yeah. a, it was a horrendous shot. And I would point to uh, the, the one he dumped in the water on the par three on Saturday. He's, he's, he, he's got a front right pin and he hits the ball, you know, eight feet into the water on the left. So he missed his target. I mean, you're, you're thinking bail, right? If anything, there, it's, it's, this is a thing. This yeah. is not every time somebody doing something to him. You mentioned the five straight pars. We're talking about a golf course at waste management where he's got the par five 15th. He's got a drivable par four and 17. So it wasn't like it was a murderous stretch of holes where he parred in. It's a thing. He's got 35 top tens. He's got more than twice the number of the next guy, which is Kevin Struman, in terms of since you know his last winner, the number of number of top tens in that stretch without a win. Now that's great production, but you don't want to be. And I, I, you know, and this is not to to pile on, but I started calling him Tony Two Sticks, kind of like Chucky Three Sticks. Mm-hmm. All these top tens make you a lot of money, yeah, but you cannot go every year and represent your country on the United States, whether it's President's Cup or Ryder Cup, leaning on a win in Puerto Rico from 2016. You got to win golf tournaments at some yeah. point. Yeah, it's, boy, it's tough to watch. I, I just keep waiting. Like, you know, in my mind, I was like watching this tournament, had both TVs going. Footbus is great, right? Football yeah. and golf and and I'm a Tony Finau fan. It so pains I. me. I mean, I'm just like, I want him to win so bad. And I'm thinking, you know what? Here we go. One shot back. He's going to hit this head on. And then he, the, the 11th hole happened. And I'm like, he's going backwards. Like, this is, he's not getting tougher. He's going the other way uh, right. at this point. And, and I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to say I have the answer. But I think there has to be some reality setting in there in that camp. And like, something's got to change here. You know, we've got to get son, another voice involved in Tony's head or something to get him to turn the switch here, because it's not about talent. I mean, he's got the talent and the shots, no more excuses. He should have won the waste management. There's no question about it. He should have been in the hunt right there. I don't care. Yes. Can'tley made a run, but he should have been, hitting shot for shot with Siwoo down the stretch. Now, if Siwoo hits him one more, okay. But you can't, you can't be hitting those kinds of shots when the pressure's on, and then the pressure's off, Gary, and he makes two birdies in the last two of the last three holes. Yeah, no, and that's, again, it, you, you said, um, you know, there, there's got to be an answer. Tony's the answer. Yeah. And, and I will use a reference to a, a really good, bad movie, uh, Days of Thunder. When, when Cole Trickle blows through the smoke and he's like, I'm, ba- I'm, I'm back in this, 
Tony's got to break through the vortex. He has to be the answer. He's got to answer to everybody wondering if he's got the chops to close. And only he can do that. At some point, it's not somebody else shooting nothing on you. you got to be the guy to make three birdies in the last four holes to to win the golf tournament. Right. And I, like you, he is dynamic. He he is as likable as anybody out there. His story is box office. It's great for the PGA Tour. But he can't be the guy that that is leaning on one win almost five, five years ago now. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's in the field uh, next week at the Farmers Should Insurance Open. He will be, yeah, certainly. I mean, it's, I mean, you know all about Torrey Pines in the South Course, yeah. plays long. I mean, he's, you're going to need some length there uh, for sure. So he's going to be one of the favorites. So we'll get to that in a second because there's a couple names in the field I want to ask you about. But I want to go over to Europe, Abu Dhabi, the HSBC Golf Championship. Um, it was nice to watch that in the morning um, and, and kind of as European tour get some tournaments rolling here again. Terrell Hatton, 66. This guy is impressive. Number five now in the, in the world ranking wins by five shots. My question to you is, uh, you know, I know, you know a lot about Terrell and he's, he's been to morning drive a couple times over the years. Is this guy number five in the world? Now this guy, this guy have the game to go up there and wrestle with DJ for that number one spot. You think? I don't, uh, you know, if you, if if you would make the, the the pugilistic analogy, he doesn't have as many knockout punches as mm-hmm. DJ does, but he can beat you on points. And I'll tell you something. And I I love the Middle East swing on the European tour. I used to love it. You know, Travis, when we would do morning drive, we would be watching uh, these rounds conclude early yeah. in the morning. We would follow live. I recall the last two years mm-hmm. uh, interviewing Lee Westwood off that win that was a surprise win to start last year the prior year it was Shane Lowry who kick-started a, a season that included that open championship win Tyrrell Hatton can win a major this year uh, I, I wouldn't say that Tyrrell Hatton has uh, is is going to be somebody who will threaten DJ for number one in the world because DJ is not only does he win once or twice every year he wins in the best fields but Tyrrell Hatton is winning in loaded fields that's his fourth Rolex series win Top heavy fields are paying appearance money. They get some top Americans. They had Justin Thomas this week. I'll tell you the thing that impressed me among the things that he already does exceptionally well. He's a great putter. And he, yeah. and, he, and, and he makes putts when he needs to make putts. Is that he has sneaky length. He was playing with Rory and he took lines similar to what Rory was taking. Um, and he, he, he has got pop in his back. So if you look at his stats last year, his first season really playing what would you would consider for a European, a semi-robust American schedule where he had, you know, pretty respectable number of starts in stats. He was good in every category. The guy is an irritant as well. He's going to be a pain in the ass in the yes. Ryder Cup. You can count on that. Mm-hmm. He is, he's, he's, a, he's a top five, eight uh, 10 player. He's not oh, going yeah. anywhere. He's got no weaknesses. I can remember in 2017, he was there and I interviewed him, um, in the simulator and we were standing there talking before we came on. So 2017 it was right after he won the Alfred Dunhill links championship, which he's won twice. He's won twice. That was the second time he won it. I think can't recall if it was the first or second year. Anyway, he was there and we were, we had a long chat 
And at the time, I just remember we were doing a little research on him. He was one of the best putters in the world at that time, and he yep. still is. His strength has always been his putter. He is uh, he's on my short list for best putters in the world, for sure. I think since that time, he has steadily improved every phase of his game. I think he's a much better – I think he's gotten longer, to your point, and I think his approach game is really much more polished now. Um, so, you know, on tour, if, if your approach game is top shelf – and you're that good of a putter, you're going to go. And now you put a little length on top of that. I'm with you. I, you know, he, he's not DJ, you know, ammunition, but not surprised to see him uh, in the top five. And he passed Rory now. Rory's down to seven, who had the lead going in on Sunday. Let me ask you this, Gary. You know, Rory, to me, I tweeted this out. He looked focused to me on Saturday, more than I've seen him in a long time. He looked engaged, looked in shape. He looked, he looked like he wanted to be there and was going. You know, I was like, this is Rory. This is the Rory I want to see. I, and we didn't see that last year after COVID. I mean, he was obviously, he had a lot going on. So, yep. but then he comes out on Sunday, shoots even, you know, and, and, and gets lapped by Terrell. So do you look at this for Rory? Good week, put a lot of good rounds together, or is this a step back with his round on Sunday, do you feel? I think Sunday even though his win rate with 54 hole leads is, is very good over the course of his career. Uh, I look at a, at a player of his ilk. If is, if he's within a shot or two and he shoots even or one over, that's a dubious round. I thought mm -hmm. yesterday was a, another dubious round for him. I go back to last year when he's right there at Riviera shot 73 in the final round, finishes tied for fifth yep. right there at the Arnold Palmer Invitational has a chance to win there for the second time, shoots 76 ties for fifth again. That was during that whole rash of when he was finishing in the top five in every event. And it's hard to, it's hard to poke holes in top fives, but I think you can. When you, are, when you climb to the rare air that he has, and we all look at him as one of the two to three best players in the world, week in and week out, um, you know, he, he has either a hole which is a soft bogey, or he has a round, which is a soft round on Sunday. And, and this is somebody who, yeah, he, he, he's going to win every year. He should win more. I, I mean, I'm greedy about him. Yeah. Travis, I think he should win more. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. You know, he's just, God, his ball striking looks loose to me. You know, he, he, when you think of Rory, what goes is up. He had a bad putting week, right? Or a bad putting day, but it's his ball striking that looks, you know, just like it gets a little loose and then he can't quite piece it back together. And pretty soon he's, you know, and, and it happens on, on Sunday. So, you know, he hit the ball nicely on, uh, on Saturday, beautifully. The wedges look better approach yep. game. And then Sunday he just looks kind of off kilter with the swing. Rory's got to win with his ball striking. I mean, he does, he has got to take advantage of that length and the approach game's got to be on point. And when it goes, he just seems like he can't mend it back together. But, but, you know, here's the other thing. And I agree with you on that, but you know, this is when you've got to, you've got to round out your game and, and you also got to do something that I think people have questioned to some degree. I, I don't question his effort, but grit. If yeah. you don't have the ball striking piece together, yeah. Something that may look like 73 and turn it into 70. Win was small ball. I remember when he got to world number one for the first time, he, he won the Honda in, in 2012 and he, he hit some really good 
uh, greenside bunker shots. Tiger had shot 62 and posted, and he had a lean on getting up and down two or three times in the last five holes. Those things, they, they stand out. They may not look glossy, but that separates you from being a guy who may win one time to winning three times, yeah. from you being fourth in the world to being four, first in the world. And I'll say one last thing about the scoring. If you think that we're you know, making this stuff up, last year on the PGA Tour, he was first in first-round scoring average. He was 81st in final-round scoring average. Roy McIlroy should not be 81st no nope. final round scoring average no hence he's moved now to the eighth now in the world golf rankings i mean that's probably the biggest reason why right i yeah. mean he just continues to where these other guys are excelling like a terrell hatton on a sunday um and and they're moving past him i want to i want to go to the ladies game here real quick before we go to the farmers insurance um kind of a neat event right on your doorstep there in, yes. in orlando um the diamond resorts uh, tournament of champions. And, and I got to tell you, I was really pulling for Jessica Corda, Jessica Corda. I, I was happy that she got her sixth win on the LPGA tour. She shot 60 on Saturday. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, 60 is like nothing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as, as impressive as Patrick Cantley 61. And I, and I watched all of that. Corda goes one better and shoots 60. You could see Gary, because Nellie finished third, her sister, and then yeah. Daniel Kang, who's playing incredible golf, finished second. Really cool to see those three up there atop the leaderboard. But Jessica gets her first win in three years. It, it meant a lot to her to capture that, and she played some great golf. She did, and I, you know, you 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 talked about the you know the, this gap in winning when he, and in this gap, her sister has been in her ascension, and there's nobody mm -hmm. who is a bigger fan of Nelly than Jessica, but come on. I mean, there, there, are, there are rivalries, then there are sibling rivalries. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that win was monstrous yeah. for Jessica. You know, I remember a couple of years ago when Brad Snedeker shot 59 at Wyndham and he said that if I, and it, he said, if I don't go on and win this golf tournament, uh, then, then the 59 is not going to be for anything. And Jessica, I don't think was going to say necessarily that, but of all people, the person that saw it front and center was Larry Fitzgerald, who I know, even though he's, he's a rival from a division rival, I know you're a huge fan of him. Mm -hmm. He said, and I quote, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life in sports. Wow. He, he didn't say golf. He said in sports and whether he was caught up in the moment or not, I think it's cool that Larry Fitzgerald is investing in golf the way that it was, uh, the way that he is. I think it's yeah. great that he was there uh, to see it. But if you think about the Cordes sisters and Danielle Kang, you know who I think benefits most from them getting a lot of attention? Lexi Thompson, who used to carry the mantle of American yep. golf. And I think she did it in an uncomfortable way, not by, by on purpose. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's, it's of her making to be the voice of, of American golf. I think it will serve her well to not have to carry the flag as much. And now yep. you've got four Americans who legitimately can say, yeah, we're, we're top 10 players. And yeah. whether they get bounced in and out, you know, here, there, or throughout the year, doesn't matter. They're legit. Nellie, yep. Jessica, Danielle, and Lexi, who's a proven winner, that, that they, they can say that we are among the 10 to 15 best players in the world. Yeah, I agree. And since Jessica's win, to your point, Nellie had won three times in between that. So yeah. 
you know, so here's Nelly going up and, and uh, Jessica finally gets back in the winner's circle. So yeah, it's, it's, it's neat to see. It's a fun event. I, I, I really enjoy watching that event and, and hope that uh, that'll get back to fans um, next year. And hopefully we'll have some fans before that. And rumor has it uh, waste management, which is after the farmer's insurance will have some fans, uh, limited capacity, of course. Yep. But there will be some fans um, at Waste Management. We're not going to see the, the the kind of atmosphere that we've seen in years past. But, you know, I think there's some steps being taken now. All right, can we do, you know, 2,000 a day to 4,000 to 8,000? And let's kind of slowly ramp this thing up. So hopefully, fingers crossed, things go well at the Waste Management. But before that, I want to ask you here, Farmers Insurance open uh, next week. Tory Pines, no tiger, of course. Um as, uh, as we're going to have to wait on him, but it does sound good that he will be back for the Masters. Pretty good field here, though. Um, of course, the U.S. Open is going to be there um, later in the year on the South Course. Uh, they'll play the South Course three times and the North Course once. South Course, big big boy golf course. I mean, this is 7,700 yards, and you better bring it to the South Course. Jordan Spieth, back in the field. Um, you know, first time we're going to see him. Butch or no Butch, I don't know. Who knows what what what's going on in his camp right now? But uh, what what are we going to see, Gary, from Mister Spieth coming out at the Farmers Insurance Open and just maybe project a little bit beyond? Um, I think it will remain one of the most unanswerable questions uh, in golf because you you can't really necessarily give an, an answer that is definitive. Um, you can maybe give good guesses, yeah. but I, I can, I can tell you this. I, I took it upon myself and this goes back to the prior season when we were, you know, all out there a fair amount and, and we're, we're watching a fair amount of golf. Uh, and I, when he started that, that stretch of not winning, which, which began in the aftermath of the 2017 open championship. Um, I, I'm an enormous fan of his. I, I find him to be, uh, more than just a curious case. I find it to be a fascinating study, whether he's right or this period of where uh, he hasn't been nearly as right. And, and I think the, the thing that plagues him the most is the thing you start every hole with, and that is a team ground. I think that he is an intuitive individual. I think he plays with intuition and he plays with feel. And I think he's got a problem on the team. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, if you give him a hanging lie, if you give him a ball, I'll give you an example. I followed him for every shot he struck in the second round of the players two years ago. And on the 15th hole, he hit a shot uh, to a back right pin to about 10 feet. He made the putt for birdie. And he was he started on the back nine. He was walking from 18 green to one to one tee for his his second nine. And I was walking in advance of of his group. And I never make contact with players when I'm following them. It's just no CD thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I was about 25 yards in front of him, and he was he was behind me, and there was nobody in between us. We were inside the rope line, mm -hmm. and he said, "Gary." And I turned around. I said, "Hey, how you doing?" He goes, "Well, if I can do this for nine more holes, I'll be doing pretty good." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you hit some good shots out there. That second on 15." He said, "I was in a divot," and it it kind of struck me like. If you give him a problem to solve, that it is an unusual problem. Yeah. A hanging lie, a limb over overhead, a ball in a divot, he'll figure it out. I think a team ground 
thoughts creep into his head, Travis. I, I know I'm doing dime store psychoanalysis, but his driving statistics bear it out. He can't drive it in the fairway. No. No. No, that's the problem for sure. He's, he's well, he, he, he gets the low left going, right? Yes. Um, you know, off the tee. And, man, you start doing that, then the, the, the big block is coming soon. I mean, it's it's coming very soon. And look yeah, at I mean, his left rough tendency. Look at his left rough tendency to, to to amplify your point in a quantitative uh, point of view. If, yeah. if you look at left and right uh, t- tendency, he's he's at the bottom in both. So oh, yeah. if, you, if you hit the shrimp, you're then going to hit the block. Oh yeah. Oh, it's coming. Those two go together, as you know. Yep. I mean, it's especially with the ball teed up. That's where it's. It really exactly. shows. It's where it really shows his face. You know, gosh, I've spent so much time on this and thought about it. I just, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I just don't think he's handled it well in the last year, like in the way that he's gone about it. I just like this whole Butch thing. It's like just go see Butch. Like you know what I'm saying at this point. Just you gotta cut the tie to some degree. You, you have seen this through and what's happened on the other side. Cameron and him have had a great run of golf. Great run. Can't take great that away. More than half of his life. But this is three years, Gary. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like you've got to take control of this and get another opinion and really embrace in that and believe in that and go. And Butch obviously is a trusted mind. There's others that are out there that can help him through this. And I just don't like, well, you know, I'm working with him. Maybe I'm not. He's consulting, but the team's the same. It's like, come on. I mean, we're not trying to, you don't I think we're protecting egos here and not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. And the reality is, is Spieth, what he's been doing hasn't been working. It's not working. And Butch can help him with this. And I think he needs to embrace that or whoever it is and go with it. I'm curious to see if he comes out hitting a cut off with the driver, you know, I get the feeling, and I don't know this, but I just get the feeling that Spieth wants to draw it off the tee. But I, but I feel like he needs to obviously be trying to hit more fades off the tee. And I think there's a little bit of this going on over the years. I don't know that. It's just me. It just feels that way. So I'm you know, curious. Chris, I want to get what, – what is your thought? See, I think when, when players who are really good, who have um, some unorthodox mannerisms – I, I like that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at him and you look at his footwork and you look at his grip and how weak his left hand is, and if you look at his and, – and, again, you see more players. Terrell Hatton's a, a prime example of that. You know, the, 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 the left, left arm is bent at impact with the elbow pointed. You know, you hope toward the target. I always like that in him. Is there something that has gone to where you look at him, whether it mm-hmm. is at setup, at the top, at impact that looks discernibly different than it did four or five years ago. I'll, I'll send you a, a picture when we're done okay. from his peak playing four you know, four or five years ago when he was, just, you know, the, the guy to a very recent video at the top. And you will see the face is definitely more closed now than it was. I mean, he's definitely more, he's always been that way, but he's definitely more that way. Now the face is, is more closed than it used to be. Um, and then I think in addition to that, we know the path is definitely more to the right. I mean, that's yeah. how you, that's how you get the blocks and the hook. So it's like, okay, those two together, how do we match that up more? Um, 
can you work around the face? Is it too shut? Or do you need to go in there and, and maybe give the left wrist a little more support at the top? That's, that's tricky. Um, you know, and it'd be hard to make that assessment on the outside looking in, but I do think you can get the path working more left. I mean, there's things that are very easy to do and straightforward, and there's no one better at it than Butch to get a player to start fading the ball efficiently. He did it for Dustin Johnson. Um, I think he helped Jimmy Walker that way as well, become a better. Jimmy will confirm that as well. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, just, just embrace it. Go, go, you know what I'm saying? Go do that and get the ball in play. But I think it's a distance issue with him too. And he wants the draw. I don't know. It's, it's just, it still feels too messy for me. We're three years in. It just still feels too messy. It should be more clear cut at this point. Here we go. I hope he comes out and, and, and he sees it golf misses him. And, and I think, um, you know, you get the driver in play. He's going to go. He can still score. Yeah, I, I think that golf misses him. I think TV executives miss him. He had something. He had yeah. Um, he, he had something that was was traction with people. The people would walk into grill rooms, and and because he was so habitually contending week in and week out, and because he carried the sled in major championship golf, really. For all of 2015, yeah, into 2016, and then he wins the Open in 2017. And and just one last thing about, you know, why so much attention is paid to him. When he won the Open in 2017, he was going to Quail Hollow all of a sudden with a chance to complete the career Grand Slam before he was 25 years of age. And and he has not only not won a major, he hadn't won a golf tournament since then. If you look at the four players in the last 25 years who have won four majors or more, it's Els, uh, Phil, Rory, and Tiger. The, the least number of production in terms of wins was Els with five in the aftermath of that fourth major championship win. And we all thought he was going to do that. We all thought he was going to yeah. do that. So, I, you look, I, 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 am, I am curious as hell every round he plays. And, and you can tell, you watch social media, there's a speed meter in golf Twitter, you know, whether he oh, gets yeah. off to a good start, whether he plays a good round, if he has a dubious hole and he makes a double. It's a roller coaster ride. It's, it's, it's the speed coaster. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You're, you're right. And I think he's, I think his, I think his, the needle moves as much with him as it does DJ. I really do. It's, I agree. No one's tiger. We know that. No. And and then you got the Rory effect a little bit, but then I think I mean I think DJ and Spieth are the same. I, I think they both, and it, most would say no, DJ's way. I'm, I don't know. I, no, I, I no. think when Spieth is right, yeah. When, when when Spieth is right, I think he's he, he has even more of an effect on the general public than than DJ does. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, his last top ten was the Schwab, the first event back from COVID. Yeah. Uh, June 14th. That was his and, last and top that's 10. That's a happy place for him. Yeah. And not, not to take anything away from him. Two years ago, I walked with Brian Bateman a couple rounds, and that was when he was on pace to have made the most feet of putts of anybody, um, you know, by, by a wide, wide margin. He was actually approaching a record. Um, you know, he's important. I, you know, I think DeChambeau is yeah. vitally important because of how polarizing he is. Yeah, you start thinking about these things when you, you, you wake up and you see Tiger, you know, going yes. under, going under for you know pinch nerve again. You just start. My mind, that's where it starts going. Is like, 
The first person I think about is Spieth. You know, it really is. And I'm like, yeah. God, we need to get Spieth back. We need Spieth, you know, because he he is top three in, in this sport, popularity and moves the needle. So We've seen it. We've seen it. We yeah. can, you, this is not, well, if he does it, this might happen. No, he has done it, and this is what did happen. Yeah. So we know that the proof is there. And I thought Eamon Lynch wrote a really good article in, in, in Golf Week about, you know, hey, you, you better start preparing for yep. th- this life after. This 2017, my goodness, I'm looking at it right now, all his tournaments. I mean, it is just incredible. I mean, not just the major championships. You know, in 17, he won the Open, of course, but he won the Travelers in June before that. Made the bunker um, shot and everyone. Yep. See, think about think about how that bunker shot was re-aired on SportsCenter yep. yep. eight zillion times. Yep. Yeah, wow. I mean screenshot this this is like tiger s this year oh, this is, there's, there's no doubt i mean yeah. if, you know, when you go wire to wire in the masters that means that you're getting the most attention of anybody in the most popular golf tournament in the world for not one day for four days and i remember joking with damon hack he made birdie on nine on thursday and and i texted him and i wrote it's over yeah. Um, now I was I was joking, but that is actually when he took the lead. It was three forty-seven in the afternoon on that Thursday. He never relinquished the lead, and it was a it was a four-day commercial for for Under Armour and for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know the site that I look at, it you know it shows you strokes gain in every category, every tournament, and you know if it's green, it's positive; if it's red, it's negative, and it's fascinating. I'm just scrolling through, and 17, there's just a whole lot of green everywhere, right? Yep. And then you keep going up to 18, whole lot of green. The most red, believe it or not, in some of the tournaments is in putting. You know, I mean, his his strokes gain off the tee, green, green, green. Strokes gain approach, green, green. I mean, it's you know. And then about the middle of 18, you start seeing a little red, a little bit more of red. We're getting in the 19, more of red, a lot more of, you know, it's like you can just see it's starting to fall apart. So what is that? You know, better part of two and a half years. You know, that's kind of where we're at with this. So, yeah, it's going to be, I'm fascinated, you know, to watch him. Here I am sitting here. The guy hasn't done nothing in two and a half years, and I'm, sitting here talking about him and waiting to watch him play at the farmer's insurance. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I, you know, and again, you're, you're looking at these, these stats and I can just think about uh, when I was starting to accrue, I've got, I've got 18 rounds of his in a little leather bound notebook of mm-hmm. me walking every step. Um, and, and some of them I just watched on television, West coast events. He was a shot out of the lead on Saturday at, uh, at Pebble beach in 2019 and he hit a shrimp off the team, made double, and proceeded to, to, to make another double coming in and, and wind up finishing outside the top 30. And then he goes on to Riviera, same thing. He set up going into the weekend. And remember, he was having all of these really dubious high rounds on Saturday after he was either in the top 10 or top 15 going into the weekend. And that was yep. kind of the story of 2019. So all of these, all of these seasons have these these really unfortunate themes that are associated with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he's I a fascinating watch him. I know he's a fa- he's a fascinating character. He really, really is. Yeah, he really is. Well, Gary, we could talk golf 
all day day. probably. Yeah. (laughs) And I know, and I know you're busy and um, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and talking some golf with me and we'll we'll do it again for sure. I'd love to for sure. My friend. All right, buddy. Have a good week.